Okay, moving on to Man City. I mean, wait, did we finish the, the United game? Yeah. Well, we, we didn't cover Fred. <laughs> Fred scored uh, an amazing goal from a beautiful pass from Casemiro. Very good finish. Very good finish. Casemiro, top two uh, CDMs in the league, in the world right now. He's up there. I'll go with it. He's no, up there for I'll sure. Um, United, fifth place, a point behind Tottenham with a game at hand. So... I mean, they win a game. I think their game that they had to cancel was against Brighton. They couldn't play that game, so that maybe that is a tough match for them. Maybe they do draw with Tottenham, so maybe they are behind on goal differential. But as it sits right now, Man United in fifth. I feel like they're definitely a team that can make a run at top four. There's, there's just no doubt about it. They're they, not out of it. They're not yeah. Out of it. Yeah, but then the last match of the day, we had Man City going away. Erling Holland's first game back home in Leeds. Yeah, he was born there. Yeah. That's a uh, career ended there via Roy Keane. I also saw that uh, Erling Holland just passed his dad's total goals in the Premier League, and he did it in like a hundred and something less games. So well, makes sense. Not shocking, but I'm, he's just shatter- sure, he's I'm shattering sure. just about every like. First two this amount of goals record, he's just shattering all of them, Everything. which is kind and of I'm disgusting. I'm sure his, his dad's not too upset about it. No. I'm sure he just bought his dad a nice little car and just told him to carry on. Yeah. Yeah. But, good, but good performance from City. Very good performance from City. Um, you know, I think Jack Grealish is a bum, and the fact that they start him over Phil Foden is an absolute joke. I agree. Now, I get it. You know, he brings in a lot of fouls. But do you really want, like, that to be your persona of, oh, this guy gets a lot of foul? He gets fouled a lot and stops, has a little stoppage of play and causes a lot of set pieces. Yeah, I think that would hurt City. They don't, yeah. want, the, they don't want the game to They stop. want open play. They right. want open play goals. Set pieces are good, especially when you have Holland. But... I don't know. Phil Foden is an absolute monster of a player. Ballon d'Or, soon to be. So I'll say Jack Grealish is a great Aston Villa player. Yeah. For them, he's he's great. Main man, set-piece team. For for a mid-table team, mid-table trying to fight into top four team, great player, amazing player. For Man City, they're just they they're expecting like a different kind of production out well, of guys they that the they guy bring who in. Will just get the ball and pass the ball. Like yeah. the, they're they're do they're also a team that's performing at a level that's that's competing for Premier League titles and Champions League titles. Like they're not in it for mid table stuff, and I feel like Jack Grealish just isn't up to the snuff of that. No, and I feel like Fod- Phil Foden is. I feel like Phil Foden is. Even the fact that Pep Guardiola went on record like. What was it, probably two or three years ago, saying Phil Foden was one of the most talented players he's seen at that age when he had Messi. If you say that about Phil... That's enough proof in itself. And if you say that about Phil Foden and then start Jack Grealish over him, well, how highly do you actually think of Phil Foden? Was that all BS that you were saying before, or was any of it actually true? I think they're trying to sell Jack Grealish. So, I guess give him the minutes now. And then once they get rid of him, Phil Foden takes the role but you could sell Jack Grealish at less of a deficit than what they would have to sell him at if they didn't play him. Because he would only be worth, like, what? 
couple hundred couple tens of millions not not what they paid for him they paid a hundred yeah no, million that's, that's euros disgusting. for him well also one of the other they're things they're not getting that back one no. of the other things that i learned as to why english players go for a lot more in the premier league because premier league teams get like tax breaks and money breaks for having more english players in the team so that's why guys like harry Maguire, jack Grealish, ben white went for like what 60 mil like guys like that go for a lot because they get breaks for having English players in the Premier League. So English players are valued higher than foreigners because they get breaks for having them. You save money when you do have them. So to have a good one is phenomenal. That's why West Ham valued Declan Rice at a hundred million, where if Declan Rice was Belgian, he's probably fifty. No offense to Declan Rice, I think he's a very good player. But you're telling me Teal Lemons is being valued the same as Declan Rice? Mm, right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. But it does make sense. It does make sense why they would give you tax write-offs because you're basically employing English citizens. And they obviously, the Premier League, they're obviously English. They want to promote English players because that promotes the English national team and just boosts up English morale and, and the English national team and patriotism and all that stuff. So obviously they're going to promote the English-born players, whether they're the better players or not. like We always talk about how does Harry Maguire keep getting into the team and getting into Man U and getting into England. It's good for England. We talk about England. We get to talk about Harry Maguire and Manchester United. He's an English player. That's how he gets all of that rep is for stuff like that. And he does well for England, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it also, I feel like, I don't know, obviously we have no idea, but to put on the jersey of your home country and your home nation and to go out and compete with that badge on your chest, I couldn't even imagine. Like, that's something that, the amount of pride and sense, like... Yeah, it must be a different level of emotion. Oh, absolutely. Like, that. there's never a game where you're like, all right, well, we're out of it. Might as well just coast it and send it in. Like, you don't send in any games. That's why World Cup games are so competitive, because the amount of pride that each team has... Like, no one wants to get embarrassed at the World Cup on the world stage wearing your home country. So you want to go out and you want to show out for that country and show that you care and, you know, that sense of pride. Exactly. Yeah. You hear that, MLS? Start paying Americans more money. (laughs) And you hear that, American government? Give us fucking tax tax breaks so we could pay these players to stay in America. Bring Tim Ream home. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's retiring very soon to the MLS, yeah. So concerned about getting Brittany Griner home. Get Tim oh, Ream home. No, don't, don't, don't get us. <laughs> Cut Let's that. Keep we're, the we're, politics in in this podcast. No politics. It's all sports. No, just just world sports talk, footy talk. That's what we do. Yeah. But uh, City um, opening goal from Rodri right before halftime. Uh, very clinical. Just where he kind of needs to be as a center defensive midi outside. Close to outside the box just to be able to put away any scraps. Puts it, uh, what's, um, Leeds goalie? Melier. Melier? Melier. Melier? Millionaire? Yep, Melier. He's probably a millionaire. He's definitely a millionaire. <laughs> um, but like we talked about it before the game also, and, uh, before we just started the pod, and like even Q said, like Rodri's just, he really is an underrated player for that Man City midfield. He really is an engine that makes a lot of it run. And well, I don't that's, think, the, that's the type of, going back to the Grealish conversation, that's the type of player they need. Yep. Grealish is not the type of player they need. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would agree. And Rodri as a as a Spanish player probably isn't getting as much praise as he should for really being an engine in that team. And also like some of the other things that I read about him, like he doesn't have any tattoos because he likes to donate blood. He donates back to his own his his town. Right? His his towns. Like he doesn't drive any flashy cars. He doesn't have any flashy homes. Yeah, he or, bought a used car from like an an eighty three year old woman. And this something. is the starting CDM for Man City, who's who's probably the the highest paid club. You know, for the players, maybe in the world, you know, definitely probably top five. Yeah. And he's just as modest as can be. And nobody talks about him. And I feel like we should talk about him more. Yeah, really, really irrelevant in the soccer soccer world for what it is. But it's just good, good feeling stories with that type of thing, you know? Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Span Spanish guy. Yeah. Where <laughs> is he from? I would like yeah, to know Spanish. where he's from in Spain. But uh, that's a good question. So we'll we'll get our fact checkers on it uh, right away. Yeah, send that one to Jamie in the in the booth. As much as we were shitting on Jack Realish, though, he does come up with two assists this game. And I think any both to Holland. I think any city player who is in contention. Phil Foden makes that assist, yeah. Yeah, but maybe any, not any player in contention for that starting spot. Gets Phil, those Phil Foden was getting in trouble because he wasn't. Passing the ball to Holland. Well, you should get in trouble for not passing the ball to Holland. What the fuck are you doing? I agree. Especially Pass the, the ball to that guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's like, you know, if he's on my team, I'm giving him the ball every chance I get. Yeah. So, how old do you guys think Rodri is? 28. 29. He's 26. Wow. Young lad. Wow. Yeah, Where, he's got what's a, his, uh, the town? He's from Madrid, Spain. Ooh. Okay. Good guy, Madrid guy. Yep. So started in Villarreal B, um, worked his way up to Villarreal, then Atletico, and then Man City. Only yeah, twenty six you know years old. If if you throw Rodri in that center, the midfield that, that Barcelona had with Xavi and Iniesta over Busquets, don't I mean, don't you I know, dare, I know, don't you I'm dare disrespect hater. Busquets like that. I'm a big Busquets hater, but Busquets has. No, sorry. Rodri has more goals in the last two seasons than Busquets has in his career. Two different leagues, two styles of play, two different styles of play. You have to have some impact going forward. Sorry, continue. All right. No, 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 no. No, because look at the guys in front of Busquets. You had Xavi, Iniesta, Eto'o at times, Henri at times, Latan at times, Suarez at times, Messi at times, Neymar at times. And you're going to say Busquets should have had more goals with all those dudes ahead of him? Who, who plays in front of Rodri at Man City? Not The dudes that I just named are three of them might be top ten all time. But it's more dominant. It's a more dominant team in the league. You have Madrid. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's you, we can't compare them. Uh, shame on me for trying to compare them. Um, but Don't I disrespect think, Busquets. Yeah, Busquets legend. Sorry. Continue. But um that yeah basically sums up the whole week. Uh I think it was a really fun week. Um I think it was a good start back into the Premier League seeing what teams are kind of made of. So to transition, I kind of want to quickly uh we're not going to get too far into, you know, injuries this and that, but kind of just want to get a quick prediction off everyone's heads what they feel like for each game. I'm yeah, just going to rattle them off. Let's just do scores real quick. Um so to begin this upcoming New Year's Eve match I don't, week, yeah, match week, match week eighteen, 
We have first game on Friday, December 30th. We have West Ham United hosting Brentford. What are your thoughts? I give it to... I'm not going to give any details. Let's just say West Ham 2, Brentford 1. Yeah, because David Moyes is definitely in... uh, He's in... He's in tough situation right now. Hot waters. Yeah. So he definitely needs a win. So you're saying 2-1? We'll, yep. we'll, you'll start, and then Chenzo, you'll go next on the next round, then I'll start, and then we'll just keep doing that. Yep. So okay. you go next, Chenzo. Uh, I'm going to say 1-1. Brentford has been some really good form. West Ham is not. I think Brentford can get another tie here. Yeah, I was actually – so you stole my pick. Um, <laughs> That was my theory as well. Um, I think West Ham getting a draw with Brentford, you know, a lot of people sleep on Brentford. I honestly believe they are one of the teams that are dangerous to play. Yes, they probably need the win, um, depending on injuries and stuff. Like we said, we're not going to really dive into it that much. But, yeah, I would take the draw as well, 1-1 draw. Um, And then also following that day on December 30th, a 3 p.m. game, Eastern Standard Time. Liverpool hosting Leicester City. Uh, Chenzo, starting off with you. Uh, I'm going to give Liverpool a 3-1 win here. I just think that their attack is just flying high. I think Liverpool is going to really make a push towards the end here and show some of that form from last year. Um, I just think Leicester is going to get one goal out of it, but overall I think Liverpool is just a better team. 3-1 Liverpool. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, I'm going to say, depending on Madison's availability, if he's there or not, even if he is there, maybe he's playing not as good because he is injured. I'm going to say uh, Liverpool doesn't give up a goal. I'm going to give him the flat-out 2-0. 2-0 win, Liverpool at home. Um, Maybe they get one before half, and then maybe they get one in the second half. It could be a 3-0. Like you said, also, 3-1's in the possibility range. But... um. Q, what are you? What are your thoughts? With what uh, with the way we entered back from the World Cup break, I'm gonna say Liverpool three and Leicester zero. Right in between you guys. Perfect. So, that's Friday. Um, starting off on Saturday, New Year's Eve, seven thirty a.m. We have Wolves hosting United. Um, I'll start this one off. I personally believe. United are in a hot streak right now. Everyone's playing good. Wolves are one of the few teams that you kind of don't want to face at this point in time. Coming off a end of extra time win against Everton in Merseyside. But now they're hosting a game. Uh, it's the, Sevilla's old, old coaches, one of his first games hosting. Um, I'm going to go 2-1. United. What minus minus a half a goal if you're going to take a money line. I just think that you know they're reamed ready to go. If Mart Rashford's playing, if you know maybe Sancho can find some health, get back on the pitch. Even with Anthony, Casimiro, Bruno, Eriksson, um, maybe we'll see Diego Dalo make a return. Find a little more pressure out on the wing, even though I think Wambasaka has been playing well. Uh, his couple games, he's been he's had to play at right back. Um, but Luke Shaw finding fitness again. Actually, had to play almost like a center yeah, center back role, like a, nope. like a left center back. Too. It was weird, but 
you know, Varane had a great game as well. De Gea is just, you know, 2-1. 2-1 United for me. Q, on you. Lots of injuries for both sides um, in this one. I'm going to go with, uh, I'll say 2-0, Manuel. I don't think Wolves have the uh, <clears throat> the prowess the prowess to get behind Manuel. Chenzo? And so I'm going, with, I was going to go the same as Q. I'm saying 2 nothing Man U. I just feel like I, I want to believe in Man U. I want to feel like they're starting to come around. And I feel like this will be a, a statement 2 nothing win for them where, you know, they, they have four wins in their last five games. So I feel like they're really starting to heat up a little bit. I, I just feel like this is a statement game for them. They're going to win 2 nothing. It's going to be a comfortable win. People are going to start to be worried about Manchester United again. And you know what, it might be naive, but I, I do want Man U to be good. I think they're a team that's fun to watch. Um, and I think with this new direction that they're kind of going, I think it's going to be a 2 nothing staple win for Man U. So there you have it, folks. United, dubs from everyone. Starting off on, after that game, one of the first 10 a.m. games we have, Bournemouth versus Palace. Burn with Palace, little you know, lower lower down the table, um, matchup eleven in Crystal Palace, fourteen for Burnmouth. Uh loads of injuries again. I mean, everybody's injured all over the place. Um, based off recent form or the way the season has been going, I take Palace. I think they're always exciting to watch. Uh, Patrick Vieira really sets up an exciting lineup. Uh, Wolf Zaha has the ability to change any game. Uh, on any given day, just depending on what the the mood, what mood he's feeling, but I think Palace uh, take this one home in a in a tight, um, probably just a one goal win, one goal victory. I'm gonna go two to one uh, in favor of Crystal Palace. So I'm going Crystal Palace as well, but I'm going Crystal Palace one nothing. Um, I think Crystal Palace played well in their previous game against Fulham. Um, obviously two red cards is very difficult to overcome. So any team put in that situation is, is it's going to be very difficult. But they played they played a hot Fulham team and they played them pretty tight until, um, like I said, they went down a, a man and they went down a second man. So I feel like they really bounced back against Bournemouth. I I, I trust in Zaha as well, similar to Q. Um, I feel like he's an electric player who should probably be somewhere better than Palace. Um, but you Dortmund know, he, inbound Dortmund. Sorry, go ahead. He's going to Dortmund. Go ahead. Who? Zaha. Yeah. He might, he might. I think that's the type of player Dortmund need, and that really excites me. That's why I just threw that out. I could see him doing well in Bundesliga for sure. I think the only reason that Palace haven't sold him yet is because they'd be in trouble without him. Yeah, big yeah. trouble. Agreed. But yeah. he is still there for the time being. So I'm going one nothing Palace over Bournemouth. Good okay. man. I'm gonna go for the draw. I'm gonna say this is a one-one draw. Um, I think Palace. Losing in the fashion that they did, the defenders they're now losing for the next game or three games, whatever they determine. I think straight reds, three games. They're losing one of their crucial uh, Tompkins, one of their crucial center backs, or at least one game. And then their uh, right back is also out for the game. Um, Tariq Mitchell, left back, yeah. uh, Left back, yeah, Mitchell. So I'm going to say 1-1 draw. I think Palace will get the goal, probably the opening goal. But I think Bournemouth being at home, enough time on the clock, Billings, Solanke, one of these guys could put it in. 
I I think one of the one of the, someone could put the ball away and um might be a late save goal. Save a point. Yeah. yeah, save a point at home, which they kind of need because they, Definitely. you know, they're sitting at 14th right now. They could start dropping pretty heavily into the rankings. So, but um, yeah, I have a tie. Uh, game after that. Also happening at the same time, we have Fulham coming off the win against Crystal Palace, 3-0 win versus Southampton, who came off a disastrous loss against Leicester City. I mean, um, Brighton, Hope, and Albion. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts? Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Fulham here. I'm gonna go a comfortable two nothing win for Fulham. Uh, Mitrovic has been playing really well. Fulham's been clicking. They've scored multiple goals in the last couple of games. Um, and I, I, I just think that they're a team that's really starting to get hot. And I think that's a team that you don't want to play. And Southampton's a team that you do want to play right now. I don't think Southampton's a very good side. They've been having a rough go of it recently. Um, and I just don't think that they, they really have the defense to stand up. If they're going to go up three against Brighton and they're going to go up against Fulham with Mitrovic, I feel like he's going to get at least one and maybe create another one. Um, and they really haven't had any goal-scoring threat. Southampton's bottom of the table. I'm just going to say competent 2 nothing win for Fulham and they just carry on yeah I mean I would I think that's very possible as well I have a feeling um, Southampton's gonna find themselves in a position where they have to get a point out of this game whether they're down a goal or they're down two goals Um, so I say they get at least one I think Southampton gets at least one Shea Adams if they get a good free kick, uh, James World Prowse could possibly bang one in. But I'm saying they only score one, and then I have Fulham scoring two. So two-one victory, Fulham. Maybe Willian gets one of his goals that he desperately needs right now. He could start popping off. I definitely bank Mitrovic to have a goal. I think he's going to score. Um, it's inevitable. I mean, the guy's just on fire. Mitro's on fire. Your defense is terrified when Mitro's on fire. Your defense is terrified when Mitro's on fire. Your defense is terrified when Mitro's on fire. Ah, ooh. La, 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 The guy's a beast. The guy's a fucking beast. Okay. Let's clip uh, that. That was amazing. <laughs> I got, I'm going to go, uh, I think Southampton pulled something out. Um, just dropping to the bottom spot of the table. I think it will be enough of a wake-up call for them. Uh, I think they have a couple of guys off good World Cup performances, especially Sali Sue for Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe he'll be able to deal with that, that threat of Mitrovic, um, hopefully, anyway, uh, just to see them get out of the relegation battle. So I'm going to go uh, 1-1 draw, solid point for Southampton. And then we are... Um... Also, another game at 10 a.m., we have Manchester City hosting Everton. I mean, it should be a fucking case race. Yeah, yeah, it should be a cakewalk for for City. Yeah. should I, be, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big revenge game for Frank Lampard going against his former club in Manchester City. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like he's going to really... <laughs> come on, you look at the injury list, the only person unavailable for Man City is Ruben Diaz. Uh, yes, it's their number one choice center back, I'd assume. Uh, he certainly was last year. Uh, and then you look at Everton, who is missing Townsend and Calvert-Lewin and two of their biggest attacking threats. And I'm going to say uh, a s- absolute whomping here. I'm going to say 6 nothing Man City. Oh, shit. 
Six nil. Six nil. And you know what? I'll bet I'll throw a Holland hat trick on that. For all you gamblers, throw that <laughs> throw that in the parlay. It's probably really good odds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I would say I was gonna go up there. I was gonna hit him with four, but I honestly could see six. My prediction's four nil. I was also at four nil. Um Obviously, Frank Lampard revenge game, so he might have something up his sleeve. But uh, I don't yeah. think he cares too much about his time at Man City. Thirty-two caps, six goals. <laughs> what? Just pull it out of your pocket. That stat. You were waiting all night to pull that one out. <laughs> we do our research on this show. You think we just walk in and sit down, like, hey, let's just talk? We work. Yeah, we're yeah. working. All right, Fair we're enough. working for these stats. You know how hard it has to dig to find Frank Lampard, Manchester City. I can't stat? even tell you how many times tonight alone I was like, we're not gonna harp on that. That stat, we'll just move on. <laughs> he played more recently with Man City than he did Chelsea. Man City, great. And then he played for their sister club. NYC FC. Right. Yeah. He was a legend at NYC. That is true. So I'm also going for nothing, though. I think Man City just walks all over them. It's it's going to be a gross game. Everton have lost four of the last five. It's just not looking good for the club. And Or Frank. I'm sorry, Super Frank, but uh, Everton's not Chelsea, where I don't think he should have been fired either but i guess it worked out in the end because two show one champions league but yeah that's I, I, I would like to have frank still at the helm but continue Here super we frank till i die um following game also at 10 a.m last 10 a.m game we have newcastle holding hosting leads tyler adams is back that's so, big for their midfield it's very big for their midfield they could this could be a draw i don't think it's gonna be i mean i also thought newcastle Playing against um, who who did they just play? Newcastle. Um, they had um, Villa? no Leicester, Leicester three nothing win. Yeah, I they're, think they're on a five game winning streak. They've won the last five. Yeah, they haven't lost since August. Um, but um, you know they get that early PK opportunity, kind of blows the gates open, and they scored all three goals in the first half. Didn't score any in the second. Played very defensive. But I see Leeds giving them trouble. So I'm going to go 2-2 draw. That's my prediction. 2-2 draw. I bet you we see a goal out of Amaron or Guillermez, one of the two. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a... uh, If Somerville could get back onto the pitch. I know they tried to put him on today. They were thinking about it. But, you know, he he, he was injured. uh, A couple extra days of rest. It's possible he gets back on and did what he did to uh, Liverpool. So I was thinking 2-2 draw as well. I'm thinking goals for this game just because of how high pressing Leeds is and the way that the style that they play and how Newcastle have been attacking with very dynamic attackers that are very fast up front and they counterattack and just trying to find balls behind is kind of their game. So with Leeds high pressing, if they're able to break that front line of high press, I feel like they can find a lot of success in behind Leeds. So I'm going to go 2-2 as well. I feel like Leeds still battles. I really like Leeds as a team. Maybe it's just Jesse Marsh as their coach or Aronson playing really well there. An American bias. But I think they're a team that can cause a lot of ruckus in the Premier League because you don't usually see teams with high pressing in the Premier League. That's usually not really a thing. But they play a very athletic style of soccer that I think could give Newcastle problems. So I'm going 2-2 as well. Yeah, Leeds does have their own brand of football. And uh, credit to Marcelo Bielsa for kind of implementing that there. Um, I do think they're exciting. I love that they stick to their game plan no matter who they play against. 
but uh, they could do all the running they want. Newcastle's taking this one home. Uh, in front of their own fans, great run of form, like we said. I think it'll be a solid 2-0 uh, comfortable victory. Well, not comfortable because of the press, but I, I, I don't think Leeds will put one past them. Um, And then to conclude New Year's Eve, we have Brighton, Hope, and Albion hosting number one seed right now, ranked team Arsenal. Chenzo, why don't you start us off with that? I like Arsenal. I'm a fan of Arsenal right now. I think they're playing amazing football. I think that Michael Arteta has them clicking. Um, you know, they just a 3-1 win against West Ham. I feel like that's really big for them. It kind of gets them rolling, especially after the World Cup break. Um, and especially as the question marks started to roll in because of no Gabriel Jesus. What are they going to look like? Are they going to be the same team? And they picked up business as usual. So I see no reason for it to be... I'm going to say 3-1. I like Trussard. I like Grobe. I like McAllister for Brighton. But Arsenal overall is just too strong. Um, I was in between 3 nothing, 3-1. I wasn't sure if I want to give Brighton one. But I do think that they, they do have some players who can cause problems for Arsenal. So I'm going to say 3-1 Arsenal. Yeah, I like that. I think Arsenal comes out with the win. Um, they're just flying high. They play well away as well. The only team they've ever lost to so far this season was United. Uh, away so you know I just think they're playing a different breed of football right now Brighton also if McAllister's back which I don't think he is going to be back I doubt it yeah I don't think he'll be back to the new year um I just see them actually scoring more than a goal so I could see this being a 3-2-4-2 game thrill fest love it yeah I'm going 3-2 Arsenal bet the over I'll definitely bet the over. And also for the Newcastle game, um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely probably take Newcastle. Like, I'm taking – we're me and Chenzo are taking the draw, but money's probably best spent on the <laughs> – I mean, their, their, run of forms, their run of form has been unreal, Newcastle. They, yeah. they, they haven't lost in I don't even know how many games. If you so. want better odds, go Leeds with the draw. If you want persistence in a parlay – Go Newcastle with the win. Uh, but Q, what would, what would your predictions be on the Brighton Arsenal game? So going back to the whole Arsenal being a real title contender, I think this is one of the games that they they struggle with. I think they uh, Brighton have a real identity in the new coach, uh, Deserby, in the way they want to play. They have some fantastic counterattacking goals and uh, quick interplay goals. I think Arsenal struggle. Uh, still don't lose. I think it'll be a 2-2 draw. Very exciting game. I love that. Awesome. And then we ring in the new year, 2023. Coming off to a hot start. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Well, this this will this will be aired. This should be dropped by tomorrow, Thursday. Um, but the last two games that we have for you, um, on Sunday at 9 a.m., we have Tottenham Hotspurs hosting Ashton Villa. And uh, I'll start us off with that. I think Tottenham are a clinical team. They put away goals. Yes, they let up goals early. Um, maybe we could see some of Richarlson, uh, Ben Decor coming back into the midfield. Davison Sanchez had a good game. Romeo could come back, deserve, get his spot back. Hugo release might be a net. So we might be looking at a whole different 
Tottenham team, but also against the Ashton Villa side that kind of took it to Liverpool for a decent amount of time, only de- being down a goal, scored one in the second half to open it up. You know, I think it's very possible Ashton Villa can sneak some goals in here, so I am going to give him a goal, but I'm going to give Tottenham the 2-1 victory at home. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, I think Tottenham will be boosted by a couple of World Cup players coming back. Um, Aston Villa has that new manager boost that clubs typically get when they appoint somebody new where they just get a little hot streak under the new coach. But uh, Tottenham should should take care of business here with Antonio Conte wrapping up a 2-1 victory as well for me. All right, so I was thinking 2-1. Right, I like right, two one. Fine. I don't want to hey, do it. Hey, no, listen, no, no, I love no, that. No, no, no. I love that. No, 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 no. I like say, one I'm that gonna, we're all on. No, I'm gonna say one. We nothing. can put an asterisk. One nil. I'm gonna say one nothing. I'm gonna put two one asterisk one nil. Give me one nothing though. So yeah. I just, I just think this is a bounce back game for Tottenham. Obviously, they, they, they didn't perform the way they wanted to last game um, against Brentford. Like I said uh, previously, I think that needs to be a win for them, and. If they're ever going to be contenders and be true to themselves and be true to their fans, then they have to win those games. And I feel like this is going to be a that was a wake up call, and Aston Villa is going to feel the uh, feel the wrath, and I feel like it's going to be a, a big one nothing victory for Tottenham. Yeah, probably late on, maybe early, and it's just straight defense. You know what I'd love to see another Hoiberg goal. Yeah, like we talked about it earlier, I think he's an underrated player for them. He runs the midfield. Um, he should be talked about more. Obviously, any any time we talk about Tottenham, it's kind of a joke because they're never taken seriously, outside of Son and Kane. Um, but Hoiberg's legit. I think he's a really good player. Um, yeah, I feel like he's a player who, if you went to, um, let's just say, and obviously it's really tough to make this comparison, but a city and substitute him in for Rodri, two kind of different players, but kind of also do the same thing. I feel like I don't know if you see that much of a difference. Yeah. I would also say Perisic yeah. has had a great World Cup with Croatia. Wasn't having a good season with Tottenham, but into this recent game, he had a decent game with Tottenham against this Brentford side. And talk about a perfect Antonio Conti player, especially when he had him over at Inter where he was playing left wing, he was playing left mid, he was playing left back, he's playing left wing back. He's a dude who Conte kind of uses as a Swiss army knife up and down the left wing because you know he's going to give you the work right defensively and he's going to get stuck in and you know that he has that defensive awareness and presence of mind to defend and be a successful defender. But what he gives you through the attack, also attacking, especially with a dude like Harry Kane in the box, where his ability to whip balls in from the left side is just incredible. And so to have that as well, is going to be huge and just a, such a perfect player for Antonio Conte to bring from Inter. I know he had a little stint at Bayern also, but to bring from Inter right into Tottenham, just definitely one of his players who he really likes, um, who who's done really well and has almost had a second life at Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I think uh, Tottenham, they're going to be riding high into this game, having a lot of energy. They have to take care of it, though. They really do. They If they don't win this game and they start teetering with this fourth place spot, they really had to solidify themselves. Um, but concluding our New Year's Eve, New Year's Day matchups, we have Nottingham Forest hosting Chelsea at 11.30 a.m. Eastern time on New Year's Day. Um, if I had to start this off, I'm saying Chelsea comes in 
takes care of business. Nottingham Forest will be relegated this year. It's just the team that they're going to be. It stinks. You know, they they battled really hard to gain back into the Premier League. I'm pretty sure they didn't have to play a playoff. I'm pretty sure they finished second behind Fulham. If I had a guess. I'm unaware. I'm unaware. Yeah, I I go 3-0 Chelsea. I love that prediction. Um so I was also going to go 3-0 Chelsea. Just Nottingham Forest has given up the, the second most goals in the league. And I feel like this is a real kick-the-doors-open game for Chelsea. They're just like, hey, we're here. Um, and also put me down for a goal for Raheem Sterling. We talked about Raheem Sterling a little bit before the podcast where he kind of scores against um, teams who aren't as big-named in some games that aren't as prominent. But he's somehow the joint leading scorer for Chelsea. Um Put him down for a goal this game. I would almost put that in my parlay, and I am going to. I'm going to place a, a couple of units on that as well. <laughs> Raheem Sterling goal, Chelsea over two and a half goals. This is probably the um, best time to do it too because he hasn't had a goal in a while, so his so odds he, are probably boosted he's, as he's they are. Rightfully do. Yeah. You guys can thank me later. All right, you're welcome. Three nothing Chelsea. Sterling goal. Have a good New Year. <laughs> I, I love how optimistic uh, you guys are for the Chels, for the Blues. Um, I wish I could be that optimistic for them. I don't think um, that's where my head's at, though. I think that they do get the job done. I think it'll be a little bit closer. Chelsea, these this, uh, this team that we have now, doesn't really like to handle business and just get it over with and then see it out. So I'm thinking a, a little 2-1 victory. For the Blues, I don't know. I couldn't even tell you who might get a goal for Nottingham Forest. Jesse Lingard. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but for somehow, some way, they'll they'll put one in on, on Chelsea's. But but Chelsea will get, take home three points, two one. All right, and to uh, end the podcast, I just have one last question, and we'll see. Um, so fantasy wise, if you had to pick one player, who do you think is going to have the best week? Out of every player. Raheem Sterling. I'm going to go ahead. Chelsea, Nottingham Forest, a lesser team. I think Raheem Sterling just feels like he above. Could he have two goals? Could he have two goals? It's possible. Goal and an assist. Goal and an assist. Goal and an assist. Coming off the wing, he's definitely going to finish one. He'll slot another one across. Someone's going to bury it. Um, Raheem Sterling, goal and assist. That's that's free money right there. Put that in the parlay. Free money. You're welcome. Thank me later. If not, don't come find me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. What was my prediction for Liverpool Leicester? You had a three nil victory. Right, I thought so, and I'm gonna take Mo Salah to get all three of those goals. Salah only. Little hat trick against Leicester, player of the week, player of the month type scenario for him. He's uh, health. Well, Holland obviously with the player of the month debate, but healthy off the fresh uh, rest during the World Cup, and I think he's. You know, wants to get his name back out there. I'm gonna go Kevin De Bruyne. Ooh, I think uh, wow. he had a tough game against Leeds. Didn't really didn't have any points assist wise, goal wise. I think he translates this into this game because he he's a guy who doesn't really not like not get into the category of assists and goals. He's usually every game he has a either an assist or a goal. So I think him missing a week. Of getting that is going to eat at his head. We're going to see him score two goals, one assist. Kevin De Bruyne. There we go. Very doable. 
Well, I want to thank you, all the listeners, for um, listening to the podcast, you know, giving us feedback when you can. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Tune in. Uh, We're going to go over the results from our predictions of the week. Uh, We're going to give you top goals, matchups, players. We're going to go more into depth of statistics and different players who can get you different uh, if you want to make a bet, uh, shots on target, whatever people's averages are. So tune in to next week. Uh, have a happy New Year's, everyone. And uh, I want to thank Vincenzo for coming on, as well as you, Quentin. Thank you guys very much. Always a pleasure. Pleasure being here. A lot of fun. All right. Well, that's been World Football Talk, and uh, we'll see you guys next year. Happy New Year. I love you guys.